all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie. Today we have the first episode of Fitness Fridays. Every Friday, we're going to have a new episode featuring strength and conditioning coaches, personal trainers, fitness influencers, spin instructors, all of the above. And today, for our first episode, we're going to hear from the head strength and conditioning coach at NYU named Coach Brad Godbold. Please welcome Coach Brad. Awesome. Well, Coach Brad, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, Aggie? I'm good. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, so just to get started, can you kind of give me some background, like who you are, where you're from, and what you do? <laughs> yeah, so uh, my name is Brad Godbold, Coach Brad. Uh, I'm the head strength conditioning coach at NYU. Um, I'm originally from a very, very small town in South Carolina, um, Sherall, South Carolina. It's There's nothing there. Um, joined the Army a couple of years out of high school, um, did uh, nine and a half years in the Army, um, kind of where my coaching career started um, as like a just like a, a hobby and an additional um, like certification within the Army. There's like you have your primary job, but then there's additional duties you have. Um, and so that's really what kind of sparked my interest in moving into a professional career in coaching. Um, so when I got off of active duty, um, I went to college actually at Long Island University um, for sports science for my undergrad and exercise physiology for my uh, master's. Um, and then just kind of started my coaching career kind of through that as a student assistant, a grad assistant, and then um, some assistant positions that ended, ended me up here at NYU. So glad that you're at NYU now. <laughs> uh, go Violets. Cool. Well, when did you realize that you wanted to have this career in fitness? Like it just kind of came naturally to you or I don't know. I feel like I, I could never have a career in fitness. So props to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, um, it kind of came organically. Um, I've always been into fitness and athletics from a young age. Um, when I started playing um, down south, we call recreation league sports. Um, at I think the age of eight, I started playing like soccer um, that turned into football and um, baseball and everything. I played pretty much every sport growing up as a kid. Um, my dad got me into the gym around age 12, I believe I was. Um, everything was super light. He just wanted to basically introduce me to the gym atmosphere. Um, but I quickly, was, even at an early age, fell in love with it. Um, so that's always been a part of my life, even through, I mean, through playing sports through high school, um, going into the army, I've always just like the gym has been a part of my life. So I knew that I wanted to do something in the fitness scape, but I, even once I was like leaving the army, going to school, I didn't know what that was. Um, I had these like plans of grandeur that I was going to get out and become like a famous Instagram (laughs) trainer. Um, and obviously I'm not that. But um, I met one of my mentors in undergrad who was the head strength coach at Long Island University. Um, And he kind of took me under his wing. And that's really what got me into um, athletics and strength and conditioning. Um, It has a lot of parallels to the military as far as like structure, um, discipline, and like being able to like teach and mold the next generation of people. Um, So that I really gravitated towards it for that reason. And yeah, then it just kind of blossomed from there. So like really having that first mentor that took me under their wing is what kind of probably defined the direction that I went within the fitness world. Yeah, definitely. I think over the last, <clears throat> let's say eight months, I think everybody thinks they're some kind of fitness influencer or something, <laughs> um, but it's super fun that that was a goal at one point. Um, but yeah, I think even now, like I've seen so many more people prioritizing fitness and stuff. Um, 
I guess because they're stuck at home and they're not moving as regularly as maybe they were before. Yeah. Um, but I think it's wild to see all that growth and stuff. I there I feel like there are I guess people that have done the opposite, not moving or not doing anything the last nine months. Um, but I feel like the majority of people have definitely started to, I guess, get in shape and figure out that this is really a priority and stuff. It is. Yeah. I think, I mean, just even before COVID I've seen a major shift in people prioritizing health and fitness. Um, I mean, even so I've done some, also done some work in like the private sector and it's just people that, really and truly their goals are just to be able to go on vacation and enjoy vacation, like go and be able to spend the day at the beach and not be tired from swimming or like go on a hike, stuff like that. So like there's a really big shift in just prioritizing fitness in across all populations. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Let's kind of move into, I guess, what you're doing now with the NYU. Can you tell us what is like the role of a strength and conditioning coach? I feel like everybody kind of thinks they know, but what, what do you do? What's your job? <laughs> yeah. Um, so on the college level um, and specifically NYU, I am directly responsible for all of our NCAA student athletes. Um, so NYU has club sports and intramural sports and everything. They're all kind of a little bit separ- separated. Um, so I'm directly responsible for the NCAA leg. Um, so our official basketball teams, softball, baseball, fencing, golf, swimming, all of those. Um, and my primary focus, um, for me personally is always first injury prevention or injury mitigation. Um, I feel like you can't really build on the performance measures until you build a solid base that's more apt to not get injured. Um, you're never going to completely like prevent injuries. I mean, things are going to happen, but building a solid platform for injury mitigation, which is why I usually use the word mitigation instead of prevention, because you can't really prevent. Um, That's my primary focus is making strong, healthy bodies. Once I have that platform, that foundation, if you will, uh, that's when I really dive into the performance side where I'm trying to make better human performers like it's not my job to make a basketball player a better basketball player or a softball player better softball player that's their sport coach's job it's my job to make make it easier for that sport coach so if they are able to perform on a higher level then they can become a better player on their sport whatever that is sure yeah so how how has that worked i guess the last few months and things trying to keep people in shape remotely are you doing Zoom classes? Everybody's doing Zoom something now. So um, how does you adapt? It's definitely been a challenge. Um, there's been, because it's, we're in such unprecedented times, um, there's been a lot of rule changes um, within the NCAA, um, a lot of kind of like figuring out how to work around the rules legally, things yeah. like that. So like when it first started off back in March, right after spring break, um, we started off doing Zoom sessions with teams, but then the NCAA came in and said, we don't think we can really do that. So we backed off and it was just, I could send programming to people. Um, and then it, it kind of just evolved to where like, basically it had to be asked for by the athletes. So if they reached out to me or reached out to one of their sport coaches and said, Hey, I really want to take advantage of these five pieces of equipment I have at home. What's something I can do, then I could send them something. So I also had to like really sit back and think about like what, what I wanted to do, not knowing how long everything was going to last as far as keeping people in shape. And 
obviously we know that across the country, every state has that kind of different rules and regulations covering everything. Some places was a free for all and gyms were wide open. Some places gyms weren't even a thing at all. So I had to write different tiers of programming to accommodate all of the people that were in these different states where like some people were just stuck at home. They weren't fortunate enough to have any gym equipment. So like I was writing programs for people to use with like laundry detergent, backpacks, cans of soup, stuff like that. And then people that a little bit more fortunate who were able to have like a garage gym or something. And then the, the very fortunate people who were in states that weren't actually able to go to gyms. So I had to think about in terms of movement patterns instead of exercises. So what, so every, every program that I wrote, every tier of those programs, the movement patterns were the exact same. I just had to be creative with how I was accomplishing those with the, the two lower, lower end programs, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I had, um, I guess that's not really something they teach you in school, right? Like how many cans of soup can you lift today? Um, I had another guest say he, uh, works for a baseball team and he was like, I'm pretty sure like in college, no one told me how to make 10,000 like cardboard cutouts for our stadium and that kind of thing. So I feel like everybody's kind of adapted, you know, try to figure things out. Um, but I think with that comes accountability and stuff. And I know like athletes generally have pretty good discipline and accountability because they realize the importance of being in shape and stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think even more so when you're stuck at home and you have to find soup cans and you have to find backpacks and I don't know, I've seen people doing spots with microwaves above their heads. So that's, yeah. that's crazy, but <laughs> it's just being creative and finding a way to get accomplished, whatever you want to get accomplished. Yeah, for sure. That's, it's wild. I don't know. I haven't done that. I've kind of turned to resistance bands. I like those better than microwaves, but that's just a personal preference. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. Awesome. Well, can you kind of tell me what have you been doing to stay in shape? What are your routines like right now? Um, I guess um, you have a gym. <laughs> can you go to the gym? I have some equipment. Um, and so most recently I have been uh, a neighbor of mine who's also um, uh, a professional um, trainer in the city. Uh, has a garage gym um, and I just happen to live close by. So I've been going to that, but it, I mean, complete honesty in the very beginning of this, I was one of those people that kind of let myself go a little bit. Sure. I was like, okay, this isn't going to last very long. Let me just take a month off from the gym, let my body heal <laughs> and then we'll go and then we'll start back all everybody's good to go. Um, that didn't happen. And then I kind of just kind of stayed in that funk for a little bit. Um, and then I just, uh, one day I was like, I've got to do something. So uh, I had ordered a little bit of gym equipment from, from my house, I resistance bands, um, some dumbbells uh, and things like that. Um, and then I actually found out that this guy that I knew lived close by. So we didn't know that we lived close to each other. So then I just started going to his gym and was actually able to start training again. Um, and then mostly for the most part, kept eating the same way. Um, I didn't really change that as much. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I live by the mindset of, uh, enjoy life. So like, I'm going to have my tacos on Tuesday and things like that. Um, but, uh, still ate mostly the same as I did prior to COVID. Um, so was able to pretty much, uh, stay in a, at about the same shape that I was before. Yeah. That's awesome. I think it's really interesting to see what people have substituted their, I guess, workouts for and stuff. Like I was speaking with some swimmers and I was like, what do you do if you don't have a pool? You know, like, what do you do if you don't have a batting cage or like things like that? Um, right. It's been crazy to see how people have made it work. Uh, I guess it's because like you said, it's gone on a little longer than expected. Um, so got to do what you got to do. 
Um, but I don't know, I've seen all kinds of crazy things and it's really cool to see that people are still making it work. And I think, like you said, enjoy life. That's been another thing that um, I think 2020 has kind of shown us. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy it, you know, while it's here, do it. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, just a few more questions for you. Um, what are some words of encouragement you would give to those looking to get in shape who maybe haven't prioritized that in their lives yet? Um, just start. Um, I know, especially in the past, it's been hard for people who are like new, never been to the gym, things like that. It can be intimidating. Um, now, especially with generally across the country, there's so many things available for you to do at home. Um, programs on YouTube, programs on Instagram, program like everybody has an at-home program. Yeah. Um, just, just start. Um, I know that, it, and then when you can go to the gym, I know it can be intimidating, but as somebody who's been in a gym for more than half of my life, like people aren't really in the gym judging, like uh, at least it's been my experience. I know that things yeah. get portrayed on social media about judging people, but like most people in the gym, they're not looking at you judging what you're doing. Just, just be there. Um, and I think that's the feeling for most of the good people in the fitness industry. They'd rather see somebody in the gym trying than somebody sitting at home, not doing anything. So like you're, you're going to get, they're going to have people that are going to be there to help you. Um, so really it's, it's just start, like start somewhere. It doesn't matter if it's just going for a walk. If you just increase your step count on a daily basis, that is improving your fitness. Um, you don't have to go from not working out to being an Olympic level athlete. It's, it's a process. Um, so I guess the encourage is just, just start, um, try to make it fun and it'll take care of itself. Yeah. I think that's so true too, about people not judging in the gym and stuff like it. Sure. It's portrayed on social media as that's happening, but working out and stuff that's a part of self-care so people are doing it for themselves right they're not there to watch other people struggle or not you know um because I was like that too when the first time I went into I have a gym in my apartment building in New York and I was like these guys are huge they're lifting hundreds of pounds <laughs> I just want to ride my bike and not look at anybody <laughs> but yeah you know make it work awesome so I guess another kind of question that's a little bit of a twist on that one um, just to wrap up, I always end my shows on advice. So, um, what, are, what piece of advice do you have for those looking to make a career in fitness? So I guess not just prioritizing it, but getting on the business side of things. Um, yeah. What do you have to say to those people? Yeah. Um, kind of the same thing start. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. but a big part of my career and the success I've had in my career, especially being at the position I am in such a quick time has been really and truly about networking. Um, there are probably, I could, there's five people that I could list that directly have attributed to where I am in my career. And I wouldn't be here without one of those five people. Yep. Um, so it networking, making friends, things like that, um, is a big part of the career. Um, I mean, if you keep up with it on LinkedIn or just on like social channels, like when you see movement throughout the industry, especially in like college athletics, it, when somebody takes a head position, generally when they build their team, they're picking people that they've worked with in the past. They're not just like, yeah, the positions have to get posted online. You have to interview so many people, but like in their minds, they've already picked their team before the hiring process has even started. So networking is a huge, huge part of that. Um, you're not going to be friends with everybody in the industry. It's just, I mean, just like life, you're not going to be friends with everybody, but just being, 
an open person, um, not thinking that whenever you've gotten to a certain level, whatever that level may be, that you know it all. Like you've got to always be a student of your craft. Um, so always being willing to learn, willing to learn from people who've been in the industry longer than you, willing to learn from people who may have just started and they learned some new science because they just graduated last year. So something in the textbook might have changed that you have missed. Um, so just always being a student of your craft, networking, um, and being just an open person, somebody that people like to talk to. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Always being somebody that people like to talk to. If they're scared of you, that's not good. <laughs> but awesome. That's great advice. Cool. Well, Coach Brad, thank you so much for coming on the show and being the first episode of Fitness Friday. Oh, awesome. uh, super thank excited to launch the series and um, feature your story. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks so much to Coach Brad for sharing your story and being our first episode of Fitness Friday. So Fitness Fridays will happen every Friday morning at 10 a.m. And I'm super excited to get this series going. But for now, let's talk about Monday. We have the first episode of Adventures with Aggie Road to Tokyo. So we're going to feature about five or six stories from different Olympians and Paralympians on the way to compete in the Tokyo 2021 Olympic Games. So stay tuned Monday at 10 a.m. for Adventures with Aggie Road to Tokyo.